on one second. My screen didn't show up. Hang on one second. We'll get it on there real quick. Well, it didn't work. Hang on one second. Give me a second. <laughs> All right, I'm getting it there. Hang on. Well, and the devil. There it is. Let's see if I can get it on here. Oh, and I've got a. Let's see if I can get a regular background here. <clears throat> right on. All right. Let's move it over here. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the 50 Minute Rev, everybody. My camera didn't want to show up. <clears throat> and that's cool. Happens sometimes. Just glad I know how to fix it. How's everybody doing this afternoon? I'm just going to leave it there. And I have a treat for you today, actually. We're going to continue on in uh, the second part of the shift if you were there or here on friday welcome to tuesday by the way if you were here on friday you caught part one today's going to be a little bit longer because i really want you to grasp what we're trying to teach you about how important it is to obey the lord and how important it is to stay right with the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night and not give into <clears throat> fatigue because as an intercessor as a front runner you shouldn't be getting fatigued and I know a lot of people want to slap me out there. How, how can you say that, Dr. Missy? You don't know what it's like with all the witchcraft and da-da-da-da-da. I do know what it's like. I do know what it's like. But I also know that God gives us the authority uh, to melt the fiery arrows, Psalms 104.4 fire, to activate Isaiah 40.31, that those that wait upon the Lord will mount up with wings like eagles, will run and not grow weary, will walk and not grow faint. And so we do have that authority to keep trudging and keep moving forward in time. And so let me let me switch you over to the shift and let me find my thing first. I can't believe that. Oh, yes, I did. I had it down here. Hallelujah. OK, thank God, man. It's a good thing I know how to work this thing. Um, but yeah, it, it's imperative right now that we understand how to move with the Lord. And so. Let me move you into this part of the movie and I'll be right back. Enjoy your, I'm going to see you in about 15 minutes. Kevin, this isn't the first time we've done all this. You're certifiable. I have never met you. No, of course you haven't. It reads the same. Yes, this is tedious. You tell me! Where is my car, and where did everybody go? They didn't go anywhere, Kevin. You did. Are you sure you are where you think you are?
Hey, how's little Josh doing? That work out for him? Just like I said, right? Kevin, what do you know about me? Nothing. I don't know who you oh, are. Oh, you do. Do you? Uh, yes, Tina. Thank you. Right this way. Fine. You're Satan. Is that what you want to hear? And what do you know about me? What can I get for you guys? Steak and eggs. Glass of milk, tall. Kevin? Well, um, just, just have a coffee, please. Are you sure it's my treat? Coffee's fine. Kevin will have a coffee. You're a fiend, a crook, a liar. Your goal? Misery. Straight out of Sunday school. You're religious then? Yeah, sort of. Hey, I, I used to be. That's different. Wouldn't you like to know how I do it all? Do what? Cause all this misery you're accusing me of. Although I prefer the term chaos. You tempt people. Basically. Let's talk about your marriage. What about my marriage? Molly's been cheating on you, clearly. Oh, has been for a while. What is this? What? You guys haven't had a real conversation in, what, three years? What did you think was going to happen? Number one cause of a broken marriage. Can you guess? <sighs> Lack of communication. Misunderstanding. Misunderstandings are the reason for so much conflict in this world. I mean, wars are fought over them. Entire lucrative professions are built around fixing them. And when communication breaks down, chaos. Steak and eggs, then tall glass of milk. Excellent. Okay. So prompt. Can I get you anything else? Mm, this is incredible. Tina, my compliments to your mother. She just keeps outdoing herself. I'll let her know. Please, there's so much food. Stay, join us. No, I... Stay! Good, right? This morning you had an argument with your wife about paying the bills. Did you promise to pay the bills? I, uh, I don't think so. Two people see the same accident, but their accounts differ wildly. Why? They each see it by their own perspective or bias. Wrong. They both see different accidents. Each one of them sees a different accident. Both are telling the truth, and they'll never agree. What? There is no fiction. For every choice you make, there are countless other realities where you make different choices. And that's true for every single decision made by every person who ever lived. Choice breeds infinite possibilities. Choice breeds 
realities. There's not a thing you can imagine that doesn't already exist somewhere, some when. There is no fiction. Parallel Earths. So good. So good, so good when he gets it. I love this moment. And you. Imagine the power to move one person from one reality to the next, to swap someone out for their doppelganger from another Earth, to shift them. That's what I do. I never talked to Molly about paying the bills. <laughs> no, you didn't. I shifted her. Replaced her with a version of your wife whose husband did, in fact, promise to pay the bills. But why? Just one tiny difference. Disagreement, confusion, tension, chaos. My wife. Shifted. It's how the world's work, Kevin. Prove it. I don't believe you. I need to see it. Shift something. What would you like me to shift, Kevin? Shift her. Sure. Where did she go? Somewhere else. I would have swapped her with another Tina, but you wouldn't have noticed. She's on some world where her parents never met and fell in love, where there is no Tina. Small deviations are usually best, but that's a big shift. Big shifts take people out of the game and into psych wards. Makes me sad. I didn't, I didn't mean. Oh, don't get broken up about it. They got lots of daughters. Or they used to. Maybe it's time to find a new cafe. What do you want from me? Oh, Kevin, you're special. You, you don't even know. And I can't do this all by myself. It's a big job, a big job. On every world, I set up my power players, and they do my work. What kind of work is that? You know, lie, cheat, steal, murder. I've never hurt anybody my whole life. No, but you have such potential. You're a halfway decent guy. It's the other half I'm particularly fond of, and it takes over in the end. No. No. You don't know. I do know. You do accept this offer. You're out there, Kevin, doing my work, and you're rewarded for it. You're, you're a captain of industry. You're a leader. You're. You're a Hollywood producer, you're a king. And I can provide all of those things for you, everything you ever wanted. I have a thousand different versions of you on a thousand different worlds doing my work. And they aren't hampered by an unfaithful spouse or a idiot supervisor who can't recognize their talents. Swear allegiance to me, Kevin, and I will lift you out of this embarrassing farce you call a life and into something glorious. can do that. Just say the word. 
it would honestly be my pleasure. You're the one that made my wife disappear. You're the one that's been screwing everything up. Don't be unfair, Kevin. You do your part, too. And I can keep on doing mine. I can make your life truly, truly miserable. Or I can make you deliriously happy. The choice is yours. But that's not who I am. I'm not like that. I wouldn't know how to be like that. Look at what you've done already today. That poor waitress. Poor Tina. That's one life destroyed. Wasn't it easy? Just say the word. You're already on the path. You might as well keep going. Let me give you everything you ever wanted. Just say the word. God will help you after what you've done? You're tainted goods. You're not even worth his effort anymore. And even if he does help you, do you think I will ever leave you alone? Ever? You can't put me off. I am relentless. I am at your heels. I know you. You are nothing. Nothing. I am greater than God. I am certainly greater I think you get the gist, hopefully, of that. It's where you can either accept the devil's reality and just accept the status quo, just exactly like what's going on in our nation right now, or you can accept the devil's reality in your life, just like some of you are walking through right now because of demonic interferences in your family bloodlines, demonic things you haven't gotten free from yet, or you can choose to come up and out. And actually, <clears throat> I'm sorry to cut that off. You want to go check that movie out. It's called The Shift. It's going to be coming out. It's by Angel Productions. And I'm sorry to cut it off, but that's as much as it allows me to show you online. But you do want to check that out because it discusses demonic realities versus God's reality. Do you not see how subtle the enemy works? He works just like that to make you look give you something that looks like feels like tastes like kind of like what's going on in our nation right now <clears throat> and we could either accept it and just go with the status quo go with the sheeple or we could get a few good men and women who wanted to humble themselves before a holy god and get cleaned up so god can heal our land isn't that interesting isn't that interesting how that all just sums it up right there. But this is exactly where you're at, Intercessor, <clears throat> with within your uh, walk forward in the Lord. Yeah, I know, right? It was a great movie. But this is what the 50-minute wrap is about today. It's called The Shift Part 2, A Fat Piece of Humble Pie. 
And then David looks nothing like you, Saul. David looks nothing like you. And, and if you haven't noticed, even online and even in the body right now, I've really seen people oversaturated with voices, oversaturated with information to where they're not as attentive online anymore, <clears throat> which is exactly where the enemy wants you. He, want, he wants you not knowing what's going on. He wants you non-attentive, non-engaged, passive. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain in a second, <clears throat> I'm sorry, where passivity will get you if you're choosing to stay non-engaged because of just being tired of the whole mess. You still have to stay engaged, intercessor, so that you know how to pray with where we're stepping into. And by the way, this new part that we're stepping into right now, if you've been obedient up until this point, um, it's, it's, it's a place for only the obedient. And it's for the, the people that have chosen to take God at his word and to step into this new land that only God could create through your vessel. It's the new place. And so let's get into it and see what God is saying. But this is what's going on in the body of Christ in this hour. That there are two streams. The Lord gave me this analogy today. Sour wine versus new wine. There's sour wine, which is formulated through a stream of death with those stuck underneath the apparatus of religion and death. And when I tell you what they almost created, you're going to flip out in a second. And then there's the stream of life with those who came over into life in new power. Now, we started off, I want to say three years ago, from one of the prophets saying, and and they were accurate, um, that there were four people groups. I told you about them. And then they they divided off into two. Okay, so we had the people that were trusting God, taking God at his word, and then those that were just going back to Egypt and going back to what was familiar. So naturally, if you know anything about prophetic voices, The gifts and callings are irrevocable, right? So here we have these big names. And I wondered about this when it was going on. Big names, um, five-fold voices operating under a spirit of religion and death that were releasing death into the atmosphere over America because they were listening to the demons on their vessels that they hadn't been delivered from yet. Those are demons in their bloodlines. So remember, I told you, you can't just come in to this new place and this new move any old way you feel like. You can't do that. You don't go before a king in your grubby grave clothes. You, You find out what the protocol is and you find out what he's requiring in order to have an audience with the king. Am I not correct? Is that not correct? So these people were so sure that they were correct. Yet God hadn't honored their words over this nation. And had he honored their words, we'd be in a world of hurt right now as a nation. But thank God for the few good men and women who chose to get their lands cleaned up. And they chose to continue to press into God obediently, getting free, getting purified, getting cleaned up in order to be wreathed clothed to come before the presence of a holy God, doing whatever God told them to do so that we could move to higher levels. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm, I'm patting you on the back. Actually, I thank God for everybody that's been participating in this new move right now, because it's taken a lot of uh, sacrifice, a lot of time um, to stay engaged and to pay attention and to try to figure out, you know, who's who in the body of Christ and, 
learning to listen to the Lord to discern the fruit of the heart of who was speaking. And so what you're seeing then, let me tell you this, this is what's going to trip you out. What you see then was, remember when I was talking about macro and micro spells from the devil's camp, from the witches and the Satanists? Remember I told you about those folks? And they were releasing them and I had intercessors. I was I felt led by the Lord to tell intercessors and teach them how to tear them down. And believe it or not, that was the starting of God releasing the true prophets' words and the true intercessors and front runners' words to be able to be released into the third heavens. Because what God had, he uses all things. Romans 8:28. And he's good like that. He works all things for the good of those who are in Christ Jesus. But the Lord used words of death from the occult through macro micro spells to hold back words of death by those proclaiming to be God's or God's mouthpiece for the hour when in reality they were being used by the devil. Like draws like. So because they refused to get released from spirits of death and apparatuses of death and demons on their bloodline, they were being used in the wrong camp. As a matter of fact, I stopped listening to a lot of those voices because of the spirit of death, bitterness, and fear on them because I could discern it in their hearts and in their voices when they spoke. And I used to think, what are you afraid of? They were talking about 45 and talking about the nation and talking about, oh, it's over. He's not coming back. Oh, and I'm thinking, I don't know what God you serve, but the God I serve is a good God. He's a happy ending God. And I have what I say. And all it takes is a few good people praying Yahweh's way instead of your way. And so I started commencing to asking God, what do you have to say about this? Lord, this is crazy. I'm not standing in their fear because there's no fear in love. And so I knew God was a God of prosperity and happy endings and he's always taking care of his own. And so these people's messages stopped resonating with me. And so I got away from them, but I didn't understand why until about two years ago. And so it was because they operated under a spirit of death. And God, I believe, allowed it for a season, for one, to see if we were going to recognize it, but for two, to see if we were going to do something about it. And thank God for the men and women who did something about it and said, nope, that's not God. Nope, that's not God. And they started seeking the Lord to see what he had to say. So praise God for you. Thank you, Jesus. So unless these types get cleaned up, they're going to fall into the grouping of Lord, Lord, with God saying, depart from me. I don't know you. This is that time. Do you understand that? I mean, we're watching this stuff play out in real time and and God's giving people an ample amount of opportunity to obey him and step into this new place with him to get cleaned up. We're not going into a new place. Actually, we're going back to the basics of love, back to the ancient of days, back into his ways. But the reason so many people are getting ticked off at these truth voices right now is because they've stepped that far away from the truth. That's how far away from the truth the church has gotten. And so. This is the biggest piece to me of humble pie that an arrogant person can ever ingest. And why do I say arrogant? I say arrogant because I really, really sense that a lot of these people think that they know more than God. They've gotten so used to, and, and they, that they've put more faith in their name than they did in his name. 
They put more faith in their gifts. They put their faith in their gifts. Remember I told you guys, on this new place of faith, you can't go by on what you sense in your, using your gifts. You can't go on what you see. Um, you can't go on your feelings because none of this stuff has anything to do with your faith. They're two separate entities. And so when we put our identity in anything else but God, we miss the mark. We miss the mark. And so I had a question for God. And I said, God, how's this happening? How's this happening in our nation? How did this happen? And he said, through people who shifted wrong. Hence the movie shifts. And the Lord says, I'm allowing the enemy in the natural and by the spirit to sabotage themselves by displaying their real heart conditions. Who they really serve, says the Lord, the deep state of the devil or me. Jesus. By allowing these people to get into real time situations. To allow people who watch them and who are observing them to see how they handle those situations through corruption and evil or through my heart of integrity. Would they seek me for the answers? Would they allow me to be God of their life? And I said, but Lord, your leaders are getting falsely labeled your truth leaders by the witchcraft in others. And we're being labeled as not being of you. And God said, it's a ploy of the enemy to sabotage America and my true saints from stepping into higher dimensions of my spirit again. And then God asked me this question. Check this out. This is for you. He said, do you feel old lately, Missy? Which I thought was really weird. He said, do you feel old lately? Or do you feel like you're getting older when last week you didn't feel that way? And I honestly had to admit, I thought, yeah, I, actually I do. I, I started feeling like I was getting old and like I was, oh, you know, I shouldn't maybe, I don't know what was going through my head. And, and so I told it to God and God said, good, good. That means you're coming into higher dimensions of the ancient of days. You're coming back into my ways. And my ways may seem or feel old fashioned to you because you haven't adjusted to them yet. So they might make you feel the oldness of my spirit, says the Lord. But wisdom is the gift of abiding there. And so I thought, oh, my gosh. And so then everything felt normal again. I, I just thought this is just so cool in how God does things. And so this new group of warriors, if you don't know anything about this new group of warriors who have been humbling themselves before the Lord, this is you front runners for this hour. Some are given the gift of joy. Others love. Very few are given the gift of love from birth. Others joy and love. Some are given the gift of faith, others joy, but very few given the gift of love. That's what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> but this new group of warriors already had the gift of love that has been given to them, right? Some of you are that. And none of their gifts and callings can be taken away because it's God's very presence on their vessel from birth. And if you touch his presence, even on your vessel the wrong way, it can get you judged. Did you know that? Because if you touch God and God's gift of love on somebody, and that's a judgment vessel, did you know that? You come into that person's pathway either for refinement in truth or judgment. Did you know that? So God told you he was coming into the earth. 
And so at the very moment, when you had the prophets start prophesying, <clears throat> truths, the truth is marching on. Truth is marching on. And judgment's right behind it. Guess who that's residing on? So the Lord says, for those of you who dared to touch me with your strange fire, I warned you in this hour that I was coming into the room and you chose to stay the same because you thought you knew my name, says the Lord, but you chose your own ways above the ways of Yahweh. So the Lord says, this is what you get. I warned you. I told you I was drawing near. <clears throat> But this is why these warriors like yourself are so truthful. We're so truthful. And most of you offend the heck out of everybody around you. And you don't even know why. Most of us don't even know why. And it's because you're already abiding in the most pure place of truth, which is God's presence on your vessel. You can't come much closer to God than that. <clears throat> you were sent into... The earth for such a time as this. So we warriors, as warriors, have been birthed into the earth with God's presence of truth to help others come back into it. Did you not understand that, Joseph? Joseph. So if you've fallen away, you can't do it your way. And age doesn't matter in the kingdom because it's all about obedience in this hour. And in this hour, God's replacing Saul's kingdom with David's. He's looking for people who are men and women after his own heart. Or those who want to pursue God's heart his way. And so if you're getting offended by people who are telling you the truth, then maybe it's time you point your bony little finger back at you. And by the way, I'm, I, I love, I'm, I've been watching some of the truth warriors out there some of the other leaders online, and, and they're getting hammered just as hard. They're getting hammered as hard as I am. So it's, it's a ploy of witchcraft. It's a spirit behind groupings of people who have chosen not to get cleaned up. And a lot of them are operating in fear. It's like, oh, God, what do we do now? Oh, how about try going through deliverance? Wouldn't that make a lot more sense than making an ass out of yourself? That would make a lot more sense than me or the, to me. But... So these old wine people <clears throat> got caught up in the flesh and they need to understand when you come into a new move, like trying to do what you did in last season, you reveal your heart, you reveal what's really in you. Um, and a lot of them I've noticed were caught up in money and God's here to tell you this season where it says, I was never for sale. I'm still not for sale. And the most important thing you need to figure out is who I am, so you can step into me if you so choose. Who's God and who's not? Well, so that's why most are having a hard time finding answers in this moment, in this hour, because they think that they know more than me. It's their arrogant thinking. It's a heart condition. The Lord says it's also because they've been abusing their fivefold giftings the past 20 years and the sheep. So this season, says the Lord, with where we're now standing, these new Davids, Look nothing like you, Saul. Nothing like you. Thank God. Matter of fact, you repulse David's spirit and God's. Because your wine is sour, says the Lord. And as quickly as the days approach, the sheep will become repulsed by your sour wine because your heart 
grew cold and lost sight of kingdom. Cynthia, can you pray, please? Whether it be in the form of preaching, teaching, music, decrees, Lord says all firepower has left your structures so that the sheep can come out from underneath Jezebel's spell. So that those sheep can truly step into inner healing and freedom instead of staying stuck with you in your apparatus of death. Lord says, Pharaoh, you don't get to hold my people hostage. How dare you? How dare you try to sit on my throne and tell me how to do my job? Lord says, your ways aren't my ways, Saul. And now you've lost your kingdom. And as hard, Saul, as you try to use your intercessors to pray their witchcraft prayers against my truth warriors, nothing will save your kingdom. So say it, the Spirit of God. And it's because you became impure, like the five virgins, and neglected to do what God told you. So now, Pharaoh, the Lord's saying, let my people go or I'll force you to. And don't be so selfish and bitter that you'd hold back those underneath you who've tried to do what I've told them to do. Because this is your dis- it's because of your disobedience that I'm punishing you, says the Lord, not theirs. Let them enter into their new land. <clears throat> Which brings us to Joshua 16, 1 through 18, 28. And it's God depicting two different structures operating in this hour. And I'm going to say to you too, get ready for October, November. Because this is exactly what October, November is about. We talk about C1, C2, C3, C4. Now we're entering into C2 right now. C1 is kind of your resting state where you're supposed to be focused on deliverance. The majority of part of that first three months of the year. It's also a time where you're seeking the king's decree to find out what he has to say about your life. What he has to say about your future and how to move forward into your new land. When you start getting ready to enter into C2, which is April 30th through September 15th, it's to take you through a refining process for anything you didn't get delivered from in C1. And and, and I wish I could show you because I had a vision the other day about this of the four quadrants of God's heart. And there were stairwells that led down into uh, the lower dimensions of God's spirit. And at the top of the stairwell stood four cherubim. And I was like, wow, this is a trip. What does this mean? And the Lord said, you can ascend and descend up that stairwell, meaning you can digress or you can come forward contingent upon your obedience to me. But once you get to the top of the stairwell, you're going to run into my cherubims and they're going to block your way if you haven't raised your standard to match my own. I will not let you into kingdom if you pull a Moses. I won't let you do it, says the Lord. That's why I put my cherubims there. I did it for Adam and Eve because they got into their flesh. And I'll do it for you, says the Lord. This is the new place. God is holding the body accountable. And we choose to stay stuck in our own ways. But Joshua depicts the two different structures that are depicted in October, November. And it's actually the obedient versus the disobedient. And it reflects, actually, this whole passage reflects the obedient coming into their lands. who are also going to be receiving double for the trouble, which is because it was, they had to go through so much 
tumultuous testing by evil people, a.k.a. the disobedient, from not keeping their lamps lit like the five virgins. Remember the story about the five virgins where they didn't get to come into the feast because they didn't keep their lamps lit. They didn't keep their oil in their lamps. So they didn't have any way to recognize when the master showed up. They were in darkness. And this is what's happening to a lot of the sheep in this hour who think that they know more than God. Or people who choose to connect to the old system because it made them feel more comfortable when walking by faith didn't. In this passage, if you know anything about Ephraim and Manasseh, we're talking about October, November. Ephraim is actually in the 10th, I want to say the 9th month. The 9th month, Manasseh's in the 10th, 11th month. So it's 9, 10, it crosses over <clears throat> that tribe. And then Manasseh's in the 10, 11th month. But they were depicted, they were two of Joseph's son. If you know anything about Joseph, Joseph was the one who went from the pit into the palace. But he also went fi- through fiery, fiery testings, just like Job, before they inherited their land. And Ephraim and Manasseh inherited very valuable land in the heart of Canaan. And the heart is key here because both tribes are located within C4 of God's heart, which is where we battle yearly between the serpent side of ourselves and the eagle side of ourselves. Have you conquered the serpent side of yourself? Because what I'm learning is that it's not just a test for October, November. That test It's starting to go on yearly now. It's starting to go on yearly. Are you being obedient and always trying to conquer that serpent side of yourself? Are you just going back and like a dog to your vomit and just saying, I got it in mind. I'm going to just use greasy grace and God won't care. But this time it will cost you. It's already starting to for a lot of you. And we're seeing it show up in the hearts of people when they're showing that vindictive side of themselves and that repulsive devilish side of the their father, the devil. We're seeing it in a lot of these people that are saying, Lord, Lord, oh, Lord, 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 I serve you, Lord, I serve you. But they're not having any integrity. They have zero integrity, zero of God's spirit. So they're really just showing us who their father is. They're showing us which side of the camp they've chosen to reside in now. That's a scary thing, if you ask me. That's a very scary thing. So this is the last Test of the year before promotion comes into the higher parts of God's spirit. That's October, November. That's what I was talking about. Again, that's being carried on through the whole year now. So we're finding how to move with the cloud by day, the pillar of fire by night. And when God says you need to get your butt into deliverance ministry and get cleaned up, that's a pretty good indicator. He means PDQ right now. Do it right now. Don't wait till it's comfortable for you. Don't wait until you feel like doing it. My dad used to have this saying, he would tell me to do something and he'd say, Missy, I didn't just speak to hear myself talk. I want you to do it now, please. And, and so I knew my dad was a military man. So I knew to obey, obey. And so I've been taught from a very young age to trust my dad, to trust God. And I don't mean that arrogantly. It's, it took me a while after he died to trust God again, because it kind of shook my faith. But 
I've stepped back into that place because I've always known God to be good. And so when we stepped into this new place, that's why a lot of these people that were proclaiming to be fathers in the spirit and not thinking that's not God. I don't know what the heck. I don't know who you're serving, but that wasn't the God I'd been raised knowing. And I've known God to be a good God, a God to be a faithful, protective God, a good dad. And so I'm just thinking, yuck, this fear in a lot of their voices and and, and then on uh, on public display. And I'm thinking, yuck, be quiet. Yuck. But I mean, you can't make people acknowledge that they need deliverance. That's a that's a choice that we have to choose to participate in. And so with leaders too, leaders, we're not being uh, disregarded out of this part of the test. We all get to participate if we want to come up into God's best. And so this is what the passage of Joshua is talking about right now. And the part about these two tribes are very powerful because this is the reason why. If you think about this, they were both Joseph's son. And if you know anything about Joseph, they he knew how to keep his family alive during famine. Are we not in a type of famine? A famine for the word of God? A famine to find the truth about God? Have you have you noticed that? A famine for the news? Nobody knows what's going on in the world. There's a famine going on. So even so that we even know how to pray. And it's very strategically put in place so that Christians wouldn't know what was happening around them. So the only person we have to go to is God. That should be the only person we have. But you've got to make sure you're hearing the right voice if you're going to seek him out and you're not being polluted by other voices in your bloodline, i.e. demons, bloodline cursings, etc., etc. And so this is what creates a famine is when we don't get cleaned up and we don't know where we're going. It creates a wilderness wandering. And so by the looks of things in America, America is moving into a spiritual, physical place of famine. And the future for those that have been obedient versus the disobedient. This is what happened in Joseph's day. It's what happened in Joseph's day. And it's because the obedient are moving into their lands with life structures while the disobedient are being forced to stay outside because they pulled a Moses and stayed in the flesh like the five virgins. They didn't listen. So these obedient sheep are fixing to become very, very blessed because of the faith on their vessels. They've now grown up in faith. You've grown up in faith. And it's because they stayed in God's warm love while they were being tested. They didn't get passive. They didn't allow their hearts to grow bitter or cold by testing seasons. Joseph didn't either. He went from the pit into the palace and he carried it on through his lineage. So it could go to the next generation. What do you think God is so focused on right now? He's trying to teach us how to move through his heart again and to, to help it permeate through the generations so his legacy lives on. That's the heart of a good father. And so these people, Ephraim and Manasseh, truly proved that they were Joseph's sons. They were men and men after God's own heart. And because like Joseph, who had gone from the pit to the palace, they too had learned the lessons of their father very well. And they had learned how to move through the heart of God with precision. Have you? Have you? And so if you're going through a test, 
and all you do is complain, you don't do a whole lot of conquering of the land. Have you noticed that? Complaining spirits kind of hinder you from doing that, which is what gets many people stuck because they view the testings of God as too difficult. That I don't want to do this, God. It's just too hard. And they had not because they asked not. If you know anything about God, God's a good God. But if you don't like what he's telling you to do, and it's just, it's just, I'm just too busy for this. I'm just too above this, God. I'm in leadership. I have a name to protect. I have a legacy to protect God. If you have that attitude, you've already failed the test. God's like, whose name are you looking at for, your own or mine? Because your never, your name never got up on a cross and died for anybody. Mine did. My son did, says the Lord. And if you didn't get cleaned up, you're going to be open to listen to any speaking spirit that's speaking to you, which is why the unhealed heart has now become demonic because they're listening to what's familiar to them. This is why we see so many people in the church acting like hell all of a sudden with no integrity, zero. They act like junkyard dogs, I call them. So in past seasons where most of the body just took their words to the bank as God sent these people with fivefold giftings, those words are now falling to the ground because God's spirit is a spirit of life and not death. If God didn't speak it, they have to fall to the ground. With Lamentations 3, 30, 70, 38. Those are the words of death that held up the true prophet's words in the second heavens and the true frontrunners and intercessors' words for over two years. And they were used by the occult to create macro, micro spells or a netting system to keep the true prophet's words and the true prophet's decrees from going forth. And then God says, it's done. Remove them. I'm about to expose everyone. And that's what's happening in this hour. So ask God in this hour to show you the fruit of any leader you listen to. Even me. Ask him to show you. If you sow into their soil, this is key. And you're not reaping a harvest, run. Run. Because that means you're sowing into bad ground. Or into the soil of the spirit of death. So your seed is dying the minute you sow into it. I did not know that until this afternoon. God showed me that. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, Lord Jesus. <clears throat> Which makes sense. As to past seasons when I'd sow into certain people's soil. And I would never get it. I'd never have a, a breakthrough. There was never breakthroughs. And so they were benefiting. It was a one-sided relationship. But I wasn't experiencing the law of sowing and reaping and so i grew very i i i pay attention to those types of things <clears throat> so that brings us to the topic and the definition of shiloh which is the place of israel's in israel's land where the tabernacle of god was built <clears throat> pardon me do you know that god is looking for a place to tabernacle in this hour he's not going to tabernacle amongst the passive or the indolence you know what indolence means Indolence means lazy because he blesses the obedient, especially when they keep pressing when it's hard. And so now what we have, this is what's so funny to me, and I'm seeing this so, so strong in the last two weeks. What you're seeing, <clears throat> pardon me, 
between the two groups of sheep is a group that chose to grow up and show up in the group that chose to stay immature. And so the immature group now is getting very, very jealous and angry. They, they need to be angry themselves. They need to kick their own rears for not obeying the Lord. Don't be mad at me because I obeyed the Lord. And don't be trying to sabotage me because of your own disobedience. That just shows what an ass you are. So we're just going to call it what it is. But, you know, and that's something funny, too, because the new leaders that are showing up right now, we're scruffy little warriors. We don't care. We don't. I don't care. I could care less. But see, that's how far away from the truth the body has stepped away from. So that they what they've done, <clears throat> they created this apparatus of death and they created this familiar place where they were allowed to act like hell and nobody could call them out because of abusing the word of God and abusing their fivefold giftings and abusing the sheep until truth came in. <clears throat> and if you know anything about the body of Christ 60, 70 years ago, 80 years ago, <clears throat> um, we were a very, very truthful group of people. We were very down to earth. We called things just like God said it. And if you knew anything about pastors back then, pastors would get up into your mix and say, you better clean your crap up or get out of my church. They weren't worried about their pocketbook. <clears throat> oh, hold on a second. They were worried about ethics instead of their bottom line. But see, now we've got people that have compromised so much and stepped away from the truth so much, they wouldn't lay down their life any more for God than the man in the moon. Greater love hath no man than the one who lays life down for a friend because they're so self-serving. <clears throat> so anybody that challenges their status quo, you're the bad guy. So that's why they're hitting the new group of truth warriors now because Things are starting to crack open in the body. Thank God. Thank God. And, and, and the Lord is starting to deal with people. And, and, and people, by the way, the real church has moved outside of the church. So the people we're being attacked from are the little immature titty babies in the church who don't want to grow up. And they're like, wee, wee, wee. If, you don't, if you don't give me my way, I'm not going to play. I'm going to take my toys and go home. Bye, 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 Felicia. See you later. <clears throat> the majority of us don't care. We don't have the patience for you anymore. And matter of fact, a lot of you abuse the mercy clause and the love clause so badly. And you're saying, you're not, there's no love in the way you behave. Are you sure about that? Are you sure about that? Jesus called the Pharisees a tomb of dead men's bones. You pit of vipers. Half of you act like that. You act like a bunch of freaking rattlesnakes. And then you want to call yourself God's child? Come on now. We all see the difference. We see the truth from a lie in you. And so this is the two streams that have been formulated right now. Two streams have been formulated. We see the Jezebels, the people operating in the spirit of death. They've been angry at life all their life. They've been mad at God all their life. They refuse to get cleaned up. They demand to play everybody else's God. They actually think that they are God. And, and they abuse their fivefold giftings. And so you've got to be able to discern Who's operating in the warm, unconditional love of Jesus who will tell you the truth and love you through the process <clears throat> and people that are just putting on a show and wanting your, your bottom dollar. And so that would behoove you to pray about that. So, but for you who have been obedient, God says, I bless the obedient. 
I bless those who come on and do things my way, especially when you keep pressing into the land when it's hard. Because true Christians should never get tired. Based on Isaiah 40, 31, which states that those that wait upon the Lord shall mount up with wings of eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not grow faint. So you can either choose to accept the witchcraft fatigue coming at you, which is your own fault, or you can break it off, intercessor. How about them apples? Break it off, melt it off. Psalms 1044 fire. Matter of fact, we do that right now. Exodus 3 2. We just break off all fear, doubt, unbelief, discouragement, depression coming, your faith, confidence, belief, trust in the Lord, faith, hope, and love. We just melt those arrows off. Psalms 1044 fire. Reinstate their normal. John 21, Genesis 1, 1 through 31. So if you want to know anything about moving into your land right now, what we're dealing with, and I feel like we're at a carnival, if you want to know the truth. This is what comes into my spirit. We're dealing with a bunch of, I hate to use the terminology, but it's what my dad used to call a lot of soldiers that didn't want to buck up and grow up in basic training. Called them titty babies. Really, he was like, you need to take, put your big boy panties on and put your big girl panties on. And you need to act like a big boy and a big girl now because it's time for you. If you chose to serve in the armed forces, hello, you're not in God's army. If you chose to serve in God's armed forces, do you not do what your commanders tell you to do? If not, you find your butt in the brig, right? So people like me who come in and tell you the hardcore truth, who have been fed milk toast or whatever, we're, we're offensive to people who want to stand underneath the apparatus of death. And it reminds me of being in a carnival show when you're dealing with people who are standing behind the lines with people in front of them with magpies and they're throwing magpies at their face. Can you hit the face? Can you hit the titty baby in the face? Hit the titty baby. Hit the titty baby. Just hit him. Hit him. Hit him. The more you hit, the more you knock him out. This is what you're dealing with right now. That's what I feel like we're dealing with. A bunch of big babies who don't want to grow up. And most of them are. 60, 70, 80. I love you guys. I love my elders. I'm very respectful. Some of them are younger than that. 30, 40, 50, 60. They're adults, needless to say. They know better. But they're choosing their own ways. So God said, go over into your carnival. Go act like crazy train all you want. I'll take this group over here and I'll take them into the land. All I need is a few good men and women. That was a hard word, wasn't it? Oof. Oof. Band-Aids, Band-Aids. So, okay. So, intercessor. You have to cooperate with the Lord if you want to know His will so that you can walk in His ways. Okay, if you want to know His ways, you have to align. And in this hour, what we're seeing is the beginnings of people get left behind in the demonic shifts because they got lazy and they quit learning. And they just thought God would have grace to help them along because of their name. Or, do you know who I am, Lord? Can you imagine telling God that? Do you know who I am, God? God didn't give a rat squat who you are. Really? He didn't care who Pharaoh was? You think a lot of you are more legends in your own mind than you are in anybody else's. And it's just like, Lord, get over yourself. 
You put your pants on the same way everybody else does. So, you can never stop attaining new wine if you want to keep moving through time, ever. And we can't bow out of God's testings just because it's inconvenient for us or because we're just too tired. We don't feel like it. Lord, we're too busy. We just don't, I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired of this whole thing. I have ministry things to attend to, God. Really? <laughs> oh, okay. So, bowing out then tells God that you're not interested in getting to know him at closer levels. Did you know that? Why do you think you're being tested? <clears throat> you're being tested through a refinement process so that you can come closer to a holy God. And what you're doing by telling God you don't like the testing, you're complaining, and you're getting caught up in these attitudes that are Egypt. They're Egypt. You're going back to Egypt. <clears throat> and you're choosing to stay in the old instead of coming up into the new. Instead, instead of coming closer to God at closer levels. So why would God be interested in blessing people like this who only come to him when they have issues or problems? And that's a spirit of usury or people who can try to find God to see what they can get out of him. And that's built on Saul's kingdom, by the way. That's the flesh. Did you know that? I'm just like, oh my goodness. So this brings us to Luke 19, 1 through 27. And it's talking about the Zacchaeuses. Zacchaeus. Going to great lengths to get God's attention. It's a day of evaluation. What do you do when you need to get God's attention? What length are you willing to go to? Will you sacrifice when others are enjoying holidays or time in the sun or traveling and having fun? Do you recognize spiritual seasons or times when God has called you to come indoors and pour out your heart to him? <clears throat> because it's in these seasons that we find God's heart versus seeking out our own fleshly desires. And if you know anything about Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus went to great lengths to get God's attention. And Jesus noticed him. He climbed a tree. <laughs> He put himself in a high place. He put himself in a high place. Do you put yourself and do you climb to the higher places to get God's attention? Because Jesus saw him and then he saved him. And, you know, I have to apologize to some of you. I have to apologize to all of you. I'm sorry if my message seems harsh today. But I'm not religious, okay? I can only be who Christ made me to be. I'm a truth bearer, a standard bearer. I'm an armor bearer for Christ's heart. I have a gift of love on my life. And, and, and I'm, I'm already in the place that I've been born into, uh, which is with the gift of love on my life, to help bring others into this new place. And God told me 35 years ago in heaven, ask to stay. And he said, no, you, you've got to go back because there are people like you, they're truth bearers that have been born in the same hour you're born into, and they're going to be used with you to help bring back the glory, help bring back the love. And, and I remember thinking that 35 years ago, thinking what on earth was that about when I came out of that experience? And I've had many trips to heaven since then. And I don't mean that braggadociously, but I realized that the truth on my life is very harsh sometimes. 
<clears throat> but it's also like a sword that bangs somebody upside the head and says, get your head on straight. What are you thinking? And I don't do a whole lot of talking outside of this ministry. I don't. I'm a quiet personality, believe it or not. I observe people. I want to see if you're who you say you are. I want to look at your fruit. I let things unfold with people, and I watch them over time to see if they're truly who they say they are. And I'm a patient soul. I'll wait for years sometimes watching people. And then when I start seeing seasons of testing, because that's what really pro what proves a person's heart. How do they act under pressure? How do they behave? What level of integrity do they operate in? Do they maintain integrity? Or are they just schmoozing and networking? And are they just got that attaboy syndrome or attagirl syndrome where they're in cliques and whatnot? And they don't really have the warm, unconditional love of Jesus. See, Jesus came to save the whole world, not just us for no more mentality. Not if he didn't have a mentality of if you, I mean, obviously God's making us uphold his standard, but he didn't act like man does. Whereas if, if you do what I think you should do by doing what, I know to, what I think is God versus what who God reveals himself to be, then I'll have something to do with you. That's a manipulation and controlling spirit. That's Jezebel. And so in this hour, we're watching now people show who they really, really are, and God's allowing it. He purposed it for this hour. Yeah, and you will be misunderstood by many. You will be misunderstood, but you know, Zacchaeus with the great links, he knew the season and it's a season for the obedient as all hearts are being evaluated to see if they're meeting God's standard and being allowed to come up higher into his spirit. Is that you? And it can be a very confusing thing while you're going through. It can be a very confusing thing. And I'll tell you the difference because for me, I'm pretty laid back. Believe it or not, I'm pretty chill. I'm a beach person. I love the beach. I, I want to live by the beach. I will one day soon. Um, but when it comes to high-powered situations, I watch people. And I'm looking for people who do what's right, even when things feel very, very wrong. I'm looking for people. Oh, thank you. God bless you. Um, but. I'm, God's looking for people who really, really perform well under pressure. You're not performing, per se, as much as you are obeying. You're learning to obey him even when you don't understand. Okay? And that's the trust test. That's a big part of the trust test. Do you obey him even when you don't understand? So the Lord's saying, don't make, don't get, don't, this is a place where we don't get to make up our little finite minds. <clears throat> As to what we're going to choose to do in this new space and place. Because this new space and place of God's heart comes with higher standards. And it's the one thing or the one place that comes with requirements. And matter of fact, in all my walk, I don't think I've ever seen such a black and white uh, difference between the old wineskin versus the new wineskin. It, it's so vastly different with what was allowed in one season versus what's not being allowed in this season. It's like black and white and it's a hard thing to adjust to, but that's just like God, right? He just says, 
it's over. It's finished. And everything's done. And it's done his way. And so if you know anything about him, you have to choose to participate with him to be changed or let him change you so that you can come closer to him. And Jesus, if you know anything about him, if you choose to come closer to him, he's going to draw closer to you. But you've got to recognize the shift first. And you've got to move with them in prayer. That's why it's important to know the seasons. You've got to know the seasons of God to recognize that small, still voice, which is going to come. And you know, something else too, I'll say this too. In all the past times, <clears throat> the only thing that keeps me moving forward is that I know God's a good God. He's just a good God. And I have such an implicit trust for him. No matter what happens, no matter what happens, God will always be a good God. He will always be good, despite what happens around me. And I think there used to be a time in our history when we knew God at closer range before we got out of the spirit of truth, where even when bad things happened, we never lost sight of the fact that God was good. And we knew that he would work everything for our good. And so I think he's, I know he's bringing us back to that place and he's allowing some hard things to happen around people right now that they never dreamed of. And he's like, I'll always still be good. I'm still good. Do you accept the fact that I'm good? And are you going to move with me in this shift? Because if you know what time it is, then you're going to move with him, Issachar. You're going to move with him. I know we're going a little bit over today. <clears throat> or the Lord's saying, did you lose sight of time? Because you were too busy focusing on your fleshly desires. You've got to recognize your time with the king. You've got to recognize it. Because there are three things that will happen in your relationship with him. When you recognize your time with him. You can either reject his rule and his ways. And become God's enemy. Which leads to judgment. Or you can accept his rule. And be unfaithful which leads to loss of reward and possibly judgment or you can accept his rule and do his will faithfully and learn to trust him again and you can receive your reward for the testing you're going through and when god does finally bless you for your faithfulness the lord's saying don't protect it Invest it. Make it grow for my glory, says the Lord, which enhances your story. So this brings us into Psalms 87, 1 through 7, as we start to wrap this up today. And God's talking about an earthly Mount Zion, the flesh, versus a heavenly Mount Zion, which is the spirit. And, and the Lord's saying, on what are you building? On what are you building? Are you building your foundation on God's true foundation? Because if you know anything about the Bible, did you know the Bible is a Jewish book? And our Savior came from the tribe of Judah. Did you know that? He was a warrior. He still is. He's a warrior. But he knows how to move through his father's heart. And he knows how to obey the Lord. Even when afraid, just like he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, pass this cup from me. Will you take this cup from me? He was, I don't know about you, but that was, I know there's no fear in love. But he had some concerns. Would you not agree? He had some concerns that day. And you know, if anything, 
about God. And I tell our people this all the time. When they, when they get into these predicaments, when they're unsure what's happening in the future and they're unsure what's happening in their lives, I'll tell them, do it afraid. Just do it afraid, but obey. My dad and my mom tell me that all the time. Just do it afraid, Missy. Obey the Lord. Don't get into questioning the Lord. And my dad taught me this. You don't want to know how my dad taught me this? He always teach me these words. Don't dispute my word. Missy, don't dispute my word. And I'd always say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Even if I disagreed. And I did disagree a lot of the time. <laughs> I was always that kid that said, why, daddy? Why? Why? Why are you making me do this? Why? He said, because I said so. Just do it because I said so. And I was a curious kid. I was always into stuff. And so that's what he taught me from a very young age. Just don't dispute my word. And it taught me about the Lord. And it taught me when I'd get a little further down the road and I didn't understand it in that moment. And I would think, what the heck is he thinking? Why is he asking me to do this? My dad, my earthly dad. I think, what is he doing? And I'd get a little further down the road and then I'd start letting things unfold. I'd let the thing unfold and, and I'd start realizing he's teaching me something. He's teaching me a lesson in all this. He's trying to teach me to trust God on his life, to trust the Lord and to know that God's a good God. And in the end of the thing, when I'd get to the end of the test, I think, that was pretty, that was pretty slick. That was pretty smart. (laughs) He knew how to work me. And he did because he knew that I had a tendency to question things or to question things, excuse me, to question things, but do it afraid. But it's a season to obey the Lord and to show him how far you're willing to go to please him, even when you don't understand everything. You don't have, you're not ever going to fully understand. Did the disciples? Some of them died. Would you trust him even unto death? Because he works all things for the good. But if, when you choose to build on the rock, <clears throat> Or the spirit instead of the sand and the flesh, your house becomes rock solid and it becomes unmovable. As do your words when you proclaim only what the pure king tells us to say. We've developed, or we have to develop the relationship of obedience and trust. And you learn to do this when you accept God's rule and reign. It's because when you do that, you, you know who's fully in control. Do you realize what God is trying to teach you in this hour? He's trying to bring us back to the basics of love and back, back into knowing who's in control. He uses all things for the good of those who are in Christ. And this is the place that God has taken the faithful sheep who have chosen to step out and believe even when things don't make sense. They've chosen to believe and trust God regardless of what they see or don't see yet. And this is the interesting part about this today as we wrap this up. The funny thing to me is that God is having us enter into a new reality. It's not new. It's actually ancient. But it's a reality of his spirit or the power position to where God has now shifted us into a blessing realm. (laughs) I love you too. Um, to where we truly will not listen to the voice of any other. Because we trust God so implicitly, and we know his goodness, 
We've tasted and seen that he's good. And we know his faithfulness. And we're just like, eh, that's not God. Eh, that's not God. And we've got people coming at us out of the woodwork, acting like junkyard dogs, proclaiming to be God, trying to act like they're somebody's God. And God's like, go wag your tongue over there. God says, I'm fixing to shut the mouths of the dogs that wag their tongues against you. Hallelujah. But we've been positioned for greatness, says the Lord, in God's reality. And all demonic realities that the devil was using his people for are those who say, Lord, Lord, to create false realities. All those demonic realities have now been shut out around you. They've been shut out around you. So all these crazy people that were wagging their tongues against you can no longer touch God's plan around you anymore. So their efforts are now fruitless. They're wasted energy. Let them knock themselves out, praying and praying and decreeing and praying and going to the courts of heaven because they're in a different dimension. They're in a different place. Praise God. He broke you through. He broke you out and through. As we move into, we're wrapping up today with Proverbs 13, 11. And let me tell you, it pays to serve and obey a holy God. It pays to serve him. Not that I'm ever in it for any other reason, but God is a good God when you learn to trust him. He's a good God. And so this is what Proverbs 13, 11 states. It says, wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that garnereth by labor shall increase. Do you know what season it is? It is. Do you know what season it is as a car? Do you know how to sacrifice for a holy God when he's when you're trying to get his attention? Because I don't know about you, but when we started this process, I want to say we started it seven years ago. Actually, really seriously about four years ago. And I knew at the time I thought. Well, I'm fixing to have to give up some things because I'm fixing to get serious about prayer. And I thought to myself, well, that's far more valuable to me than anything else that I'm seeing around me because I know it's going to take me somewhere. And man, and, and let me just tell you the best news about all this. With all these streams of these people operating in the spirit of death, Versus those who chose life. They chose, we chose to believe God, to believe the goodness of God, despite what the false prophets were saying. Despite what we saw on major airways, major airways. I didn't even receive what they were saying because I thought, you're not in alignment with God. Your heart's wrong. You've got some crap in your heart you need to get delivered of. And so we started, I started questioning it and started calling some of them out, a lot of them. And some of them are really hot, madder than hell at me right now. No offense. Excuse me. But, you know, that's whatever. But that's the truth. And so I'm not here to be in anybody's clique. I'm not here to be accepted by them. I just want to be accepted by him. That's the only person I'm here to help. And you people out there who want to get help, who don't want to get stuck underneath that spirit of death, you want to come into life. God's a good God. He's faithful. Let me tell you, he is so faithful. And if you're tired of the status quo, email me. Email me at yeshuanavigator at gmail.com. Come on and join us. We'd love to have you on board here and teach you how to pray and get yourself cleaned up. 
I'm telling you, every single person that joins gets dynamic results. And it's not us that does it. It's him. It's purely God. But he's showing up in might and power here. And, and we're, it's because we choose to maintain the standard. He makes us maintain a standard. And so we do call people out. You got Jezebel? We're going to call you out. We'll get your button deliverance ministry. We got to get you cleaned up. If you don't, bye-bye. You got to go. And, and I know that sounds like, oh gosh, Dr. Missy, that sounds so callous. No, we have a lot of rebellious people in the body these days. And God said not to tolerate the spirit of Jezebel. You can do things your way. Or you can do things God's way. But either way, you're going you're gonna to do it. And so you can do it out there away from me. or You can do it here and I can help you. But anyway, I'll, I'll, I'm going to let you go, guys. Go have yourself a great Tuesday. And uh, we'll pick up again on Friday. We're going to keep the ball rolling, keep the conversation going. But until then, you go have yourself a great week. And I'll, I love you. And we'll be talking soon. Bye-bye.